Welcome to the Living the Dream podcast with Curveball. If you believe, you can achieve. Hello and welcome to another episode of Living the Dream with Curveball. I'm your host, Curveball, and today we're going to talk about discrimination. I am joined by former police officer Janelle Perez. She was a police officer for nearly seven years. She is no stranger to the courtroom, but she never thought she would be a plaintiff. She ended up suing her former employer, the Rose Hill Police Department, for gender discrimination and right to privacy because she had a relationship with a co-worker off-duty while se- separated. She won her ruling in the Ninth Circuit Courts of Appeal, but it was suspiciously overturned. So she wrote about it in a book. So we're going to talk about it. Janelle, thank you so much for joining me today. So happy to be here. Thank you for having me. Why don't you start off by giving the audience a background, kind of tell them where you're from and anything else you might want them to know. So I hail from California and I went to college at Penn State in Pennsylvania. After college, I moved back to California where I began a career in law enforcement. I became a police officer in 2004. I worked for about six years at an agency in the San Francisco Bay area I took a short break and then I went to work at an agency outside of Sacramento where I worked for about eight months before I was terminated. Okay, so first of all, let's kind of talk about what is it like? I mean, I know it's already hard to be a police officer, but what is it like to be a female police officer at that? Yeah, it's, um, you know, I would say I had different experiences at both of my agencies. I think my first agency, there were more females working there. And um, I felt very accepted uh, by my coworkers. So generally speaking, overall, I had a very good experience at my first agency. My second agency, unfortunately, women were a great minority at that agency. And it was hard to feel equal, um, especially in some of the things that happened. So uh, I would say in general, it's hard to be a police officer, no matter, um, you know, male or female. But I would say with my experience, um, you know, just kind of depends who's surrounded around you and, and how they treat you. And Like I said, I had different experiences at the different agencies. How do you feel that policing has changed or being a police officer has changed since you were in up to now with everything going on? Yes. Um, It seems to me, you know, I I read the news and, um, you know, and that sort of thing, but I don't have any, you know, experience since I've been out of police work since 20. I'm trying to think now if it was 2012. Um, And I just, I think it's changed significantly since I've been in police work. Um, You know, I think there's a lot more that needs to change. And some of it is in, in my belief, 
I think that there needs to be more rules and policies in place um, to protect everyone and, and their rights. I believe that from when I was a police officer until now, it seems like there's a lot more violence and a lot more people that are anti-police is what it seems like to me. So it seems a bit different. What do you think needs to happen to change so many people being anti-police? I believe that the communities need to work together with the police and vice versa. But I believe honestly that it starts at the top. I think I can't speak for all agencies, but I really think there needs to be an overhaul, um, you know, taking out it's, it's hard to say, but in every, this is my personal belief that in every agency, you're probably going to find depending on the size of the agency, one or more um, police officers that have bad intentions or do something wrong or violate people's rights. And I believe that it starts with accountability and it starts at the top with the chief of police. So I feel like some of these agencies, um, and I can speak to my own experience at my last agency and what happened to me, I really believed that after what happened in my experience and my belief that I was discriminated against, that the people who were involved with that should have, they should have been terminated as well. And I believe that that's kind of what I mean by an overhaul is you need to, you need to start getting these police departments to be more diverse. There needs to be more diversity training. There needs to be multiple races, there needs to be more women, more representation. I think that is going to help significantly. What's the scariest situation as a police officer that you found yourself in when you were working? Oh, that's a hard question. There were several scary situations, but I believe one of the I'll give you a couple examples. One is when you have faced a situation where somebody doesn't comply and you can't see their hands. I was very big in my role as a police officer um, using my voice. That was really important to me, trying to talk someone down from a situation. I did not ever want to have to resort to violence. Obviously, that's a part of the job, um, you know, that for me was something I didn't ever want to have to do. So using my voice was was critical. Um, so I believe in situations where you cannot see someone's hands, those, those are very scary situations because you don't know if a second later a gun's coming out and they're shooting at you. So that would be one. And then another situation is that I face that is scary is someone under the influence of drugs so much that they're incoherent, um, they're in a rage. And there's really no, in that situation, there is no talking them down because they can't comprehend what you're saying to them. So let's talk about your discrimination suit and everything surrounding that. Kind of start from the beginning. Tell us how it happened and what all happened throughout the situation and how it turned out. Sure. So I started working, um, like I said, at an agency outside of Sacramento and about, I want to say three months in somewhere around there, I was off of field training. So that means I was by myself in a car. I did not have a field training officer anymore. And uh, some of the 
members of our, our team that I worked, um, went out for drinks and just got to know each other off duty. And that's how I first, um, got to know this person that I ended up later starting to date. We went out again, a few times by ourselves off duty, and I separated from my husband and we decided to start seeing each other. So we started dating and a couple months later, um, the chief of police received a letter at the police department, um, alleging that, um, this person that I was dating and I were conducting a relationship on duty, which was not true. An investigation was done that showed there was no wrongdoing, but the police department did give me two sustained findings. One was unbecoming of a police officer. And the other one, I believe had something to do with delay in your duties or something like that. When I was given that notice that of the sustained findings, I did not agree with them. I was pulled into a captain's office and told that to read the document. And it said that um, my relationship with a married coworker would not be tolerated. And um, he was also separated from his spouse at the time. And I did not agree with the findings at all because there was no evidence to show that I violated them. So I, I refused to sign the document because I didn't want to sign something that I did not feel was true. So I was told that I needed to make an appointment with the chief of police um, to discuss further why I believed that the findings were not true. So I did just that. And when I met with the chief of police, I presented, um, I had written out several pages of what I, you know, how I did not do anything wrong and how to, how I could prove that. And I spoke for about 30 minutes with him. And when I was done talking, he handed me a termination letter. And at that point I asked him why I was terminated and he said he didn't have to give me a reason. So I went on my way. Uh, I did contact a lawyer and I really, my goal was to just get my job back. And I just felt that it wasn't fair. Um, I was the only one terminated. The person that I was dating wasn't terminated. And so I did not, um, you know, I, I, I did not think what happened was fair at all. So I attempted to get my job back, but the city would not listen to that. So I decided to go forward and file a lawsuit and that was seven years, you know, a seven year long journey, that lawsuit. It was uh, initially I lost at summary judgment and then I filed an appeal uh, to the Ninth Circuit. And I did win my right to privacy claim in the Ninth Circuit Court of Appeals. Uh, someone, I believe, on the court had filed an en banc request and that pended for over a year with no decision. Um, and then I just randomly one day was contacted by my lawyer saying that the decision had been reheard after one of the judges had passed away. So, so yeah, it didn't, didn't give me great closure with what happened. I did not think the court process was entirely fair either because I couldn't, I couldn't understand how they were able to rehear the case when um, it was already decided and published. 
So I decided to share my story. I think, um, you know, sharing it, writing a book was really important to me. I, at that point, had not shared my story with anyone other than my close family who I had spoken with. And I just think that I needed to use my voice. I needed to heal and I needed to let other people know that if they find themselves in similar situations, that they can find the courage to stand up for themselves and share their stories. Because I believe that we collectively need to do that in order for change to occur. So I just got a couple of questions about the situation. So both of you guys were separated. So why did they say that you were the only one having a relationship with a married coworker? Why didn't they say the same for the other person if you guys had the same situation? Well, he did get the same findings as me. So I was not there, but he, the person that I was dating did tell me that he was also pulled in and that it was identical. So he did, he was essentially told the same thing in written documentation. But why, why did they decide to only terminate one person? Do you feel? Oh, well, why I feel and why they say are two different things, but I believe that I believe I was terminated because I was a woman who stood up for myself, the captain who I refused to sign the document for. He later found out through depositions was, was known to be intimidating. And I believe he was described by other people as not really being a fan of women in law enforcement. So I think that was my first um, misstep. I mean, I shouldn't say, you know, I, I would have, I believe I would have kept my job if I had done a few things differently, but do I think I should have had to do those things? No, I believe people should be able to have relationships with who they want off duty and it shouldn't affect their job. Um, But I was easily terminated because I was a probationary officer. I had a 12 month probation period and I was only at month eight. So they didn't have to give me a reason, which they did not initially. Um, They did provide three reasons um, during depositions, which I don't find, um, you know, I I don't think they're true. But he was um, the male officer that I was dating had been there, I believe, somewhere around five years and was not probationary. So it was um, that was their that was their reasoning. Who do you think might have submitted that letter to get the investigation started? And why do you feel that anyone would do something like that when you guys are having an off-duty relationship It's consensual? So why do you think somebody would do something like that to get you in trouble? Um, Well, the letter was written by the person that I was dating, his ex. And so she was not happy that we were seeing each other. And so um, she made some comments in the letter that made, you know, made the chief of police decide to do an internal affairs investigation. Okay. That, that explains everything. So after this, this happened, how did that change for good or bad, the relationship with the male officer that you were dating? Are you guys still together now or how did it affect the relationship? 
It affected our relationship because he had made several comments prior to my termination that he would, um, you know, leave the agency so I could keep my job there if there were ever any problems. And I didn't feel very supported by him. You know, he had a lot of things that he said to me, but I felt like he wasn't backing them up with his actions. So I was upset and resentful. It did not seem fair that I lost my career and he got to keep his when we were involved in the same situation. It was one of those things where I felt if we legitimately did something wrong and there was something to terminate us because of, then we both should have been terminated. I did not feel like there was any fairness in the situation. So we ended up splitting up several months later and that was the end of our relationship. So. Yeah. Okay. So, um, while this was going on, what are you doing now? What kind of work uh, are you involved in now? And how, how was your case going? Were you ever able to get it restarted or get what you wanted out of the case? Well, essentially my lawyer told me that I would have to go to the Supreme Court and the way that they had written the last decision essentially made it very challenging. So we decided not to to go that route. And that was when I decided to write a book and share my story this way. Right now I have three kids and so I'm a mom and my focus is on them primarily, but I also am very much involved with advocating to, you know, it's, this story has really driven me to want equality, not just for myself and what happened to me, but for other people. I really believe that we have a long way to go, unfortunately, but I believe with starting and sharing my story will hopefully inspire others. And so those are my big focuses right now. Well, let's talk about your book. Tell everybody about your book. What's the name of it and, and how they can purchase it and, you know, kind of some things that might be. Sure. In so my book is called The Moral Police. You can find it on Amazon. And, you know, I would say the majority of my book focuses on what happened at my last agency, as well as the subsequent court case. But I also take you through in the beginning, you know, I didn't have the easiest upbringing. I take you a little bit through that. um, And I talk a little bit about a a previous relationship that I had had that really kind of haunted me and that I had a hard time dealing with. And so I do take you a little bit before my uh, police career and take you through that. And then I do talk about some other things that happened to me while working at the agency, my last agency, I had to, I had to read a book when no other new officers were forced to do that. And I had a longer field training, although all of my, you know, all of my field training officers said I was doing a great job, but I had a longer field training than all of the other probationary male officers um, that were right around the same time as me. So I just show you some of the inconsistencies that I faced. Yeah. So it's hopefully going to inspire other people. And I know that, you know, being in law enforcement, it's very male dominated. Um, But I also know other careers are too. So I don't think it's just a, a book for somebody in law enforcement. I think other people can benefit as well. 
Speaking of inspire, what was it that inspired you to become a police officer? <laughs> That's a good one. I didn't, I never had a dream growing up that I was going to be a police officer, but I, um, in, st- in college studied criminal justice and I was very fascinated by it. I had actually seen the other side with some of my family members growing up on the other side of the law. And I just really wanted, it sounds cliche, but I really wanted to help people. And I decided, you know, when I got into law enforcement that I wanted to start a career that I could make a difference in. And I really thought that was a good place to start. So that's why I, that's why I went for it. Do you have any other projects that you're working on that people should know about any other books are you starting any kind of agencies for equality or what are you doing that we all need to know about? I um, currently am not I've been involved in anything else right now my focus is uh, the advocacy right now for my book and sharing my story since it was just released in December so that is my focus but honestly um, Anything is possible right now and on the table for future projects. So I have um, no official decisions made, but I hope to be involved in many things coming up. How can people get in touch with you? You're on social media. Give us your website and social media links so we can connect with you. Sure. So I am on Instagram at Janelle Perez official. And I also have a LinkedIn that you can find me on as well. All right. No website, no JanellePerez.com or anything like that. I do not currently have a website. No. All right. Well, you guys make sure you go pick up her book, check it out. Do you have any last words or any words of encouragement for somebody who might be going through discrimination in all walks of life right now? Yeah. You know, I do. I, I want people to know that I'm here. Like if, if you need somebody to talk to or vent to, like, I'm happy to listen. I've had people, you know, that I've had to reach out to when I've hit my rock bottom. And so, you know, I believe that sharing your story is important, but the hardest first step is finding the courage to do it. So it's, um, you know, if you can take anything from my story with the, the courage or the inspiration, I hope that you do. And I just really believe that in order to make changes in this world, we have to speak up. We cannot tolerate the discrimination in any way in order to see positive changes. All right, ladies and gentlemen, there it is. Janelle Perez, Janelle Thank you so much for joining me today. Thank you so much for having me. And listeners, please be sure to subscribe, rate, review, and share after listening. For more information on the Living the Dream podcast, visit www.djcurveball.com. Until next time, stay focused on living the dream.